Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. If Key took a swig of tequila every time the Steelers and the Bucks scored yesterday, he'd be passed out. It'd be just me and Jay here with you this morning. He's already fired up about the Dodgers. Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance World Series Game 1 tomorrow on ESPN Radio. Yesterday, there were a couple of games. So on Friday, when we last left you, we were saying, hey, what's the game of the week? Brown Steelers? Uh, <clears throat> Bucks Packers? It was the game of the week till they actually played it. Right, right until kickoff. <laughs> right up until kickoff. Right? 1 o'clock and 425. Those games were rolling right at you. Let's talk about the second game because, you know, look, it's a battle of future Hall of Famers. They'd only met three times in their careers concurrently. Yesterday was the third time. The third time was the charm for Brady. Which is, they came which in. is a little bit weird, right? It is, right? I mean, obviously, I know most of the career for Rodgers, all of it's been spent in the AFC and Brady in the AFC, but there's always cross-pollinations. You're always playing the other division once every four years. You never quite know. So it's an interesting sort of sidelight. But you look at it and say, one each, and then the third one, the rubber game, if you will, is in baseball terminology for your Dodgers ready to go. The rubber game goes to Brady. After the game, you hear coaches all the time, we got outcoached, we got outplayed. Yada, yada, yada. That's a Seinfeld reference for you fellas. Matt LaFleur, all over it. Obviously, uh, that was a pretty frustrating day um, today. Got outcoached, got outplayed. Uh, you got to give give the Bucks all the credit in the world. They, they had a good game plan, and they really took it to us in, in really all three phases. But, uh, you know, we just got to make sure that we stick together. We, we got to bounce back got to have a good week of practice because I think that if if you really look critically at throughout the course of the week I don't think it was our best and it showed today and that's what happens and so you know we'll find out what we're all about what do you make of that key well it it sounds good I think that that they certainly got out coached out game planned Todd Bowles from a defensive standpoint defensive coordinator Tampa Bay Buccaneers did what most Defensive coordinators would like to do, get after Aaron Rodgers, force Aaron Rodgers into making mistakes. Pick six, two interceptions. Uh, Aaron Rodgers was not on and sharp. Devontae Adams back in the lineup was not sharp, you could tell. Um, but I'm not worried about the Packers. I'm not worried about that in, at, at them at all. I like Tom Brady. I like what Tampa was able to do. Uh, here's a guy who threw for under 200 yards and was very efficient at mm-hmm. doing it. But they ran the ball well with Ronald Jones. They played hella defense, like really good defense. <sighs> With that recipe, you can find yourself playing in a Super Bowl, playing in an NFC Championship game. If you just look at the San Francisco 49ers from a year ago, that was what they did. They played defense, ran the ball, and the quarterback, when he needed to make a throw here and there, he did it. It, it was the ability of the defense to pressure Aaron Rodgers. You know, he was 0-5, actually, on passes of 20 or more air yards. Right, So I look at that and I say, you know, with, with this team, when we're thinking about ultimately the Bucks. Obviously, when you have Tom Brady on your team, expectations are high right out of the gate. Now, they, be- they dealt with injuries, but it also feels like this is a narrative that we continue to make bigger and bigger and bigger. Every time they lose a game, what's wrong with them? What's going on? And then Tom would say that, 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 that word that Aaron Rodgers used to say all the time, like, relax, it's going to be okay. Even though we make something out of the times he blows up on the sidelines and we compare to how would it be if OBJ blowed up at somebody on the sidelines. All these different narratives that we find. And once again, just watching this team, Tom doesn't have to be spectacular. Well, one of the he things just has that, to be serviceable for the time being. If he has a spectacular moment with their defense playing the way their defense is playing, with the way this team is progressing, they're trending in the right direction. And one of the things that's key for the Bucks is the penalties, the mistakes that cost yourself. 
they were a heavily penalized team prior to yesterday. Yesterday, I think they got out of there with zero penalties. First team since 1999. With I was no going to say that just doesn't game. happen. Right. It just doesn't. There's something, whether it's a false start, whether it's a holding, whether it's a pass interference, a face mask, always one little penalty. The Bucks have been hurting themselves with penalties, especially in the games that they've lost. Yesterday, zero penalties. So it was a plus for them by doing that. Tom Brady's never been on a team. When was the last time Tom Brady been on a team that leads the league in penalties? I mean, it does. Right. Like, never. Right. Like, right? Like, never. But, Keith, can I say, is there something to be said about in this world that we live in where we always make something out of nothing? That no, penalties are big. I, no, I understand. I'm not, I'm not referring to penalties. I'm saying overall in general about the Bucks that sometimes if you just give a team a little time <laughs> with the pieces that they have, that they can be good instead of them trying to be great right out of the gates. I think they are a good football team with Jameis Winston. If you take away the 30 interceptions and you cut those in half, that's a different team. The problem that you had is he gave up 30 of them. So it hurt the team. When you look at Tom Brady, you insert him into the lineup. He's not giving – and I didn't even mention the fumbles. He's not giving up 15 interceptions. He's just not going to throw 15 of them. He may throw, you know, 10, but he's not giving you 15. And so if you just cut that in half for the Bucks a year ago, they're a much better football team. They're a good, they have a good football team right now. Now, are they the best in the NFC? I don't know. I don't know because it changes. The Rams were rolling until yesterday. They ran into the San Francisco 49ers. The San Francisco 49ers were a bad football team until all of a sudden they beat the Rams. You see what the Rams did to Miami and Miami. You know what I'm saying? So you, you look at what Miami did to the 49ers. The 49ers did to the Rams. Now you look at what Chicago took care of the Bucks. Bucks took care of Green Bay. Hmm. Most people wouldn't bet that Green Bay would lose to Chicago. I mean, it's like all of those little pieces are connected. Bucks are still at the top. New Orleans beats Tampa. What's New Orleans? They had a bye week, but what are they going to be back next week? What are they going to look like when Michael Thomas is in the lineup? So I think as as time goes by, people will start to separate themselves, and I think Tampa Bay will be one of those teams within their division that will start to separate themselves in the NFC Conference as a whole. We will mention that the Packers will be at Houston next week, and then Tampa Bay fresh off that win 10 days after that crazy loss to the Bears, which a lot of people were shocked by. Tampa Bay will be at Las Vegas on Sunday night football. So from two of the older, great quarterbacks who are certainly headed for gold jackets and busts in central Ohio to a couple of young guns ready to go tonight. Key, Jay, that'll be the first. This is our third Monday night double dip of the season. This game was supposed to be played last Thursday, but due to scheduling issues with the NFL surrounding the coronavirus, it was moved to today. You'll see it at 5 o'clock Eastern on Fox. And then our Monday night football game between Arizona and Dallas. Bounce back opportunity for Josh Allen after his first subpar outing of the year with the Bills legend Jim Kelly coming up here in a couple minutes. It is a bounce back. And in in Kansas City's defense – you know, they've been playing okay this year, but it's also it's also time for us to see a really clean Patrick Mahomes game. Just one of those games where it's that MVP-type situation. Everybody's going to be watching tonight. This could be the Monday night football game. I mean, it could actually be the Monday night game if it was scheduled that way because he got two great matchups with two young quarterbacks, one in Josh Allen, one in Patrick Mahomes, but you also got the former Super Bowl winning team in Kansas City and a team like Buffalo trying to get back to the Super Bowl like they were in the Jim Kelly days. Yeah, I think the Bills took a hard hit in that game against the Titans, obviously, for Josh Allen throwing for two picks. Didn't really play well. It didn't seem that things were hitting all cylinders, but, you know, look, I, I just don't – 
I don't feel like when I watch when I watch the Kansas City Chiefs play, it kind of reminds me a little bit key of Golden State Warriors, right? Like, and I'll say it's because of the talent that they have, the disbursement of talent overall. And when I watch that team, I'm like, it's just hard for me to believe that they can win, they can lose two games in a row. That's yeah, what I feel about yeah. when I watch the Chiefs. When I watch the Bills, I'm like, okay, I can see them on paper. I feel like they can lose two games in a row. Nope. As Z would say, there's a small note here. <laughs> Le'Veon Bell will not be playing in the game tonight. Hmm. So make that clear. Right. He needs to pass five days of coronavirus testing protocol. So obviously since they picked him up late last week, he will be eligible moving forward because they will end up playing the Jets in week eight. So that could be a little, you want to talk a revenge game for Miles Garrett last Sunday or yesterday, revenge game for Le'Veon Bell on tap here. You cannot make this stuff up. Can I, can I say just on the Jets tip one time, this yeah. random tangent key, but I just find it so interesting. So Ryan Tannehill plays with Adam Gase in Miami, mm-hmm. right? Ah, ah. Then Ryan Tannehill goes to Tennessee. Huh? Oh, looks great. <laughs> looks great. Adam Gase now with the Jets. Sam Darnold. Ah, ah. Who's going to be next? Seeing the pattern here, Key? Yeah, well, I, man, look, I don't – Adam Gase is Adam Gase. I've, I'm tired of talking about him, to be honest <laughs> with you. It's got to, you know, warm me down a little bit, especially watching yesterday. In a nutshell, great bounce-back game for the Bills take, if take they lose them, to the Chiefs. Take them right off of the television. Monday night double dip tonight. That's at the bottom of the AFC East. Why talk about the bottom of the AFC East when you can talk about a guy that was at the top of the AFC East for the good part of his career in Buffalo. Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance, and it's a pleasure to welcome in on the Shell Pennzoil performance line one of the greatest quarterbacks in league history, the legendary Jim Kelly. It is great to have you here. He's gone through so much public adversity, a battle. He's been inspirational to so many, and we're going to get to everything, including his terrific foundation, Hunter's Hope, which you may be aware of here in just one moment. Priority over pigskin. We'll get to that with Jim and all the great work he's doing. Good morning. I think the first thing every Buffalo Bill fan on earth wants to know, since you retired after the 1996 season, they've been looking for the next Jim Kelly. Is the first Josh Allen going to be the next Jim Kelly? Well, first of all, good morning. Thank you very much for having me on. Number two is I hope so, and I pray every day that Josh is the guy that we have here in Buffalo. But uh, so far, so good. I like what I see, and uh, time will only tell. Jim, I got to ask you here, what's the biggest thing you've seen from Josh Allen improvement-wise? When he got drafted, it was a little reckless, the gunslinger, all that stuff. He's really turned himself into a good, refined quarterback, last game notwithstanding. From your QB eyes, what have you seen in terms of the rapid improvement this kid has made? I think probably the biggest one is his deep ball. Um, He has worked on it, and... It was just a matter of time. You know, the thing is, you know, he was young and, uh, you know, everybody's saying, well, you need to do this, you need to do that. And I think he's improved a lot on his deep ball. That was one last year, I think, that, uh, you know, his arm was so strong that he was just airing it out and maybe a little bit too much. But uh, I think overall, probably completing that deep ball and getting that big play in there is what they have needed uh, for a while. This big turnaround for the Buffalo Bills and the organization, Jim, they haven't been 4-1 and one in consecutive seasons since your final two in 95-96. Uh, how much of the credit do you give to Sean McDermott as well as Brandon Bean? Oh, a lot. I mean, that was something, you know, what going into every year when they draft somebody, you're like, boy, I hope this is one. It's, it's more of a, you know, you, you, you see the potential but it never played out. This is one where some of the moves they made, it made more sense. 
Um, and Brandon Bean has done a great job. I mean, some of the guys he's brought in, some of the trades he has made. Uh, of course, as everybody knows, Stephon Davis was probably one of the biggest trades. They brought Beasley in. But the thing is, I you know, you look at uh, Coach McDermott. He's uh, a guy, it's almost like a little drill sergeant. And uh, the respect that he gets in the locker room, and Key, you know that, and so, so does Jay. When you have a coach um, that you respect, you look up to, and you know that everything he says makes sense, then you're going to rally for him. You're going to play for him. And uh, you want to be the, the guy that uh, you know helps lead that team in the locker room. And he can only do so much. But when you're on the, on the, the playing field, uh, you've got to be able to do it. But, you, you know, as everybody knows, it's four quarters. And when the game's online, you have to have confidence. I think that's one of the things that we have now in Buffalo Known it's the fourth quarter, Josh Allen has all the potential to be able to lead us down the field. He's done a very good job so far. But I'll tell you what, this week's game, it's a, it's a big one. As you guys all know, when you haven't been able to get in the stands and cheer for him like the Bills Mafia has been able, they have not been um, – I guess I should say, when you're able to go in as a quarterback – and you know that uh, as a, a visiting quarterback, like Patrick Mahomes is going to do now, you don't have to worry about the um, the fans cheering as loud. Because I know one of the toughest places I ever played in was in Kansas City. Those guys never, ever sat down. And that's the way the Buffalo Bills are. So that's a big advantage for Patrick going into this game, is not having to worry about the Bills Mafia screaming as loud as they can when he has the football. Because I know for defensive linemen, they love that. So we'll see what happens. Jimmy, you give such a unique perspective from the inside out about, you know, all the things you've been able to do. And I, I, I before I even ask you a question, I just wanted to commend you on, on how courageous you've been and how you've dealt with the adversity put in front of your way and how vulnerable you've been with everybody about it. Thank you for leading that way. Well, I appreciate that. And the thing is, I know that anybody that has children understand it and I know that at least when I retired from the NFL, I thought I was going to kick back, relax, and enjoy my life. And my wife was pregnant. And then, you know, of course, on Valentine's Day, which is my birthday, uh, my dream son was born. And uh, all those dreams I had about, you know, teaching to play football and all the things that fathers and sons do. And unfortunately, the Lord had different plans for me. And that was to do what I'm doing now. And I didn't realize it back then. And I was one of those, um, you know, dads was mad and, you know, blaming God for it and why you let me go through losing four Super Bowls in a row and then having a son born on my birthday and then him diagnosed and then going to the Hall of Fame and then him passing away. And it's just been a lot. And then, you know, my bout with cancer. But I, I get it now, guys. I really do. I understand that the good Lord has put me in this situation where I can be an inspiration to others. I can travel the country and uh, make sure nobody gives up because I think I've learned throughout my years that, there's too many people in this world that give up on their dreams, give up on when they're not feeling good, and they need people out there to help them through it. And it's all about surrounding yourself with good quality people. And I've been very blessed to have a beautiful wife and two daughters that have been here for me day in and day out and five brothers that have never, ever gave up on their brother. And I know there's people out there that don't have that. But I've been one of those guys. I've been very blessed to have loving people around me, some good friends. And I live in Buffalo, New York, and I'll tell you what. These people are unbelievable. They have been there for me on the field and off the field. So I'm a very blessed uh, old-time quarterback. It's well said. Last thing with the Pro Football Hall of Famer, the legendary Jim Kelly. Jim had mentioned he and his wife 
had their son Hunter born on Valentine's Day, which happened to be Jim's birthday, as Jim mentioned. And then because of unfortunate um, nervous system disease that Hunter had, he did pass away on August 5th, 2005, after eight really courageous years that inspired and impassioned so many people. And on that note, Jim's foundation, Hunter's Hope, named after his boy, will be holding its 2020 tailgate with Jim Kelly and friends on Thursday, November 12th at 6.30 Eastern. Attendees can look forward to an exciting night of football, friends, and, of course, fun, and all the proceeds will benefit children that are battling. I want to ask you to tell us a little bit more about this event. Again, Thursday, November 12th, 6.30 Eastern. What specifically can you tell us here, Jim? Well, I, as everybody knows, with this pandemic, uh, so many people that had their, you know, the golf tournaments and so many banquets that they raised money for local charities and, and their own foundations. Also, um, we had to come up with something. So we're doing a virtual tailgate November twelfth, as you said, Zoo. And I got guys like Shooter McGavin, you know, happy the Happy Gilmore Chris McDonald will be on. I got Jake Owen, the legendary country singer. The Bermanators coming on. Ah. Chris Berman has been he's been there for me for probably fifteen, twenty years with my foundation, but uh he's been there all the time. Eric Wood, I have to have an offensive center on there. Um, Ken Hall, unfortunately, has passed away. He's moved on. He was my best friend. He was my offensive center. But I got Eric Wood coming on. Uh, the guy just uh, you know retired from the Buffalo Bills a few years ago and a bunch of others. But it's a virtual tailgate, and we're going to be giving away some unbelievable prizes during the course of this tailgate. And probably about every 10 minutes we'll be giving some awesome things away. So just – Log on, um, you know, we're Hunter's Hope, um, and you'll see all the information November 12th. It's a Thursday before uh, the Thursday night game, and uh, I, I just look forward to it because we have to find ways to be able to help kids out there that are struggling, whether it's with my son's disease or other leukodystrophies, and bottom line is just helping kids you know, be able to set their dreams and their goals and be able to achieve them. It is Jim Kelly's life's work. You can find more again, as Jim said, I'm on the website right now on my phone, huntershope.org. As Boomer would say, nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. And nobody (laughs) did more for the Buffalo Bills than old number 12. You got it, guys. Hey, and I I do appreciate uh, you all having me on. And Jay Will and uh, Keith, you guys do a great job. So you, Zoo, um, enjoy listening to you guys. Um, You hit the facts. You guys know what you're talking about. And that's what you want to see. That's what you want to hear on on TV nowadays. You got to be able to be able to back up what you say. And you guys do a great job. So congratulations on that, man. Thank you, Jim. Thanks, Jim. That's the Hall of Famer, Jim Kelly, joining us this morning on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. Just a reminder that it's not all about football and it's all about sports. It's a little bit about life. Sometimes you need to take a step back. Sobering reality and Jim Kelly providing just that. I played against him, though. You played against him? My rookie year. So 96 was was his last year. That was your first year, right? How was he? Yeah, how was it? It was Jim Kelly, you know. I, I, I know, but this was but, like, but we have these moments sometimes. No, like I know I, you're there I to was, compete, but did you find yourself watching it? Like, oh wow. no, yeah, for sure, I watched. I stood on the sideline and watched. I don't think we won. <laughs> <laughs> we were one in fifteen that year. That same was old not, Jets. Yeah, same old Jets. <laughs> A lot of watching on the sideline that year. <laughs> but that was. But uh, it was cold. Ooh wee! Up there in Orchard Park. Oh my goodness! And I was coming from California, and that was the first time that. The cold, you know, it was the first time I ever experienced that. Mm-hmm. Playing in that type of cold, playing at Notre Dame, it's not cold, you know, or, or, or playing in the Bay Area, it's not cold. But that, Buffalo, <laughs> I mean, that was different. <laughs> and I thought I was smart. I wasn't going to wear no gloves. Oh, I don't need no gloves. Mm-hmm. Short sleeves or what? Do you go out there with short sleeves? No, I had long sleeves okay. on. Okay. 
think I had long sleeves on, but no gloves. I don't know how y'all not built very for that. smart. I know y'all built. I'm not built for that. This body can't take that outside. You don't even understand, Buffalo fans, boy. They was throwing my third year up there when we brought Brian Cox. They was throwing frozen batteries at us. What frozen batteries? What? Boom! Right on the helmet. Cause B Cox, man, Brian Cox. Evan knows our producer. <laughs> Brian Cox is something else. Great defensive player. Went into coaching as well. So Josh Allen, obviously, is hopefully what Jim Kelly says will be the next great Bills quarterback. He was drafted after Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold. You remember Baker went one and Sam went um, three in 2018. So we're asking Keyshawn J. Will and Zubination on Twitter, which, which player is more likely to still be their team starting quarterback next year? This is very fatalistic. We're already putting one of them in the grave. Sam Darnold or Baker Mayfield? 82% of you have said Baker. yes in a landslide, including at Marshall 109, who just hit us up on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed. Thank you, my man. And said, quote, I say Baker just because the Jets will have a whole new regime and be drafting really high. I might agree with the latter part key. I'm not sure about the former part. Yeah, but they I, again, I'll go back to that Jet stuff. <laughs> it, they got a quarterback, man. Get some players around him. You don't have to have a pass-happy quarterback, this guy is what you need. Just put some players around him and get a damn head coach. That'll do it. That's the final word from Key. He needs some talent. Right now, he's bereft of it. Still to come, Monday Night Football, the first full game without Dak Prescott. What does our Monday Night Analyst Lou Riddick think about Andy Dalton's chances? That's next on Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin on ESPN Radio. And tell your smart speakers to play ESPN Radio anywhere you are. Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin, the podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, happened in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Kyler Murray, who played for Allen High School. I mean, unbelievable. He played high school in Allen, Texas. He was great. They played six times at AT&T Stadium where he was 6-0. Just, he was 42-0 as a starter in high school. 42-0. Really He's one of the number one uh, high school recruits in America. I saw him his freshman year at A&M at spring practice, and I was like, huh? Yeah. You know, for the first time I went down to spring practice and saw him, and I was expecting a big quarterback, but he was he was doing his deal amongst all those giants. It was just Kyler Murray. And he's look, Kyler Murray is, has done what he's supposed to do. He did it at Oklahoma, and he's a, he's a true baller. There's no question about it. He's an athlete that's out of this world. 
drafted in baseball as the number one pick as yep. well as in football. Never happened before. I just don't like the system in Arizona. That's just that's just me. But what else I don't like is you with all this stuff on your desk, man. <laughs> you got three, like, three Coca-Cola before cans. We move, before we move on to <laughs> Zoom to in. Move. What is going on here? What is going on, dog? I'm parched, man. We talk for four hours a I day. I get it. I got my soda. I got my water. I hate to see what the window ledge at your apartment looks like. You know, I got Coke cans and water bottle cans all across the top He had of the it. Sour Pouch kids when he came in this morning. It was like 5, 15 a.m. He came up with Sour Pouch kids. I'm like, what are we doing, Zubin? Got to be properly hydrated. Get the energy. I and get little it. Sugar. I, I get it, but... You can throw it. That's why we have a wastebasket there. Now, what do you have for breakfast? Did you have a salad? Did you have something extremely healthy? No, I have an omelet here, which I still haven't eaten. So the only healthy <laughs> thing is sitting in front. I've eaten all the Sour Patch Kids. I've drank all the Coke. But the only healthy thing, the eggs and the vegetables are sitting right here, uneaten. Oh, man. <laughs> and with Champions that, breakfast, huh? And by the way, when he was at A&M, the guy he was battling it out with is Kyle Allen. And yeah. here they are in the NFL together, both in completely different situations. Let's go to Lewis Riddick. He, of course, will be on the call tonight for the Cardinals and the Cowboys at Jerry World with Steve Levy, Brian Greasy, and Lisa Salters. Good morning, Lou. I guess the first thing everybody wants to know is what is the plan now that we've gone into our first full game tonight without Dak Prescott for Dallas the rest of the way? Yeah, I think it's it's more of what they were doing before, which is they still want to run this offense through Ezekiel Elliott. They want to stay on schedule with that and make sure they establish that part of their offense and then build everything off of that. Now, I know it doesn't – it hasn't looked like that necessarily through the first four weeks of the season because they've gotten behind and had to throw the ball a lot, but they still want to run the football and then take their shots off of play-action pass, which when they've had opportunities to do that, Zubin, mm-hmm. so far this year, they're one of the best in the NFL as far as striking down the field. So I think that you'll see them do all the things that they did with Dak – as far as throwing the football, spreading the football laterally, trying to push it, uh, trying to push it vertically, and defensively, really is where this football team needs to look different. It's where it needs to look better. It's where it needs to have much better communication in the back end, play much stouter on the on the front end. Because if they can do that, they'll be able to string together some success. But if they don't start doing that on the defensive side of the ball, they're going to have issues. I don't think I don't think the offense is going to be a problem. Monday Night Football analyst Lewis Riddick joins us for Monday Night Football preview. Is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Uh, Lou, what what is the um, biggest key to tonight's game? I think for 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 Dallas, look, it's it's again, it's staying on schedule. So then they don't have to put everything on Andy's shoulders and make it one of those things where he has to throw the ball forty five, fifty times a game. I think that's the big key for them offensively, and like I said, defensively. Stop giving up big plays because we know against the Cardinals, you give up, you give up, you don't have a lot of good communication in the back end. Kyler will burn you. He'll just rip you. For for the Cardinals, it's really for them making sure they protect the football. Kyler talked to us about it yesterday that he just needs to make sure that he's taking care of the ball. But otherwise, he feels like he's getting real comfortable within this offense. And him and DeAndre Hopkins seem to have developed a real good relationship real fast. Defensively, how do they slow down these three wide receivers for Dallas? Because they don't have Chandler Jones anymore, which is 18-plus 18 plus, 18 plus sacks a year, and one of the best pass rushers we've seen over the past three or four years. So how do they slow down this offense without good pass rush? That means a lot of pressure is going to be on their secondary. And Vance Joseph, we had a good conversation with him yesterday. They feel like they have a good plan. So I think for them, not giving up big plays, creating them on offense, 
for Dallas, run the football, and see if their defense can kind of like make some improvements because they haven't looked too good so far. Lou, let's go to the Monday night game, Chiefs versus the Bills. How did the Bills bounce back after that loss versus the Titans? Yeah, you know, I think what they have to do is make sure that they stay true to what they like to do, which is if they if they can't hit the big plays, make sure they still stay a run-centric type of offense and stay on schedule again. I know that, that's a common theme in the NFL, but they need to do that. Even though Josh has had Josh Allen has had a good start to the season, I think you, you can kind of get lulled into this thinking that all of a sudden now you're a 35, 40 times a game throwing the football type of team, and I don't think they are that. And I don't – I mean, and I know Stephon Diggs is tearing it up right now, and so is Cole Beasley, but you can't do that. And I think on the defensive side, you know this. I think the number one thing with Kansas City is make Patrick uncomfortable. Make him uncomfortable. Make him uncomfortable. Somehow, some way, make him continue to have some of the issues that he's been having in the pocket as far as not stepping up when he needs to, maybe trying to escape out to, you know, on the perimeter when he doesn't need to. That's how teams have kind of gotten him off, you know, off his schedule and out of rhythm. So let's see if they can disrupt the pocket. And if you can do that, you have a shot with this football team. If you don't, he stays comfortable. You know what can happen. He'll heat you up so fast the game will be over in the first quarter. So I think that's what they got to do. Just stay true to who they are and see if they can somehow affect the quarterback. I think that's a common theme with all NFL teams. And you're going to see that play out week after week. Lewis Riddick, ESPN Monday Night Football Analyst, joining us here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Yesterday's Tampa Bay Buccaneers-Packers game was a somewhat of a dud, in my opinion. I thought it was the game of the week, but it didn't turn out that way. What turned out is that the Bucks' defense and Ty Bowles dialed up some things for Aaron Rodgers to be uncomfortable with. What did mm-hmm. you make of that defense and the style in which they played? Yeah, it's the same thing I was just talking about, right? I mean, they found a way to get free runners on Aaron, which he hasn't seen all year long because his offensive line has been playing very well. And he really hasn't gone up against a defense and a defensive coordinator that's as talented and or creative as Todd Bowles and the guys that he has down there, which we expected, which is something that we've been looking for all year long, or rather expected coming into this season from Tampa Bay's defense. We knew Todd is very creative. We know he is very pressure-oriented on first and second down. We know he's a guy who his whole defense is predicated on, I'm going to try and make your signal callers as uncomfortable as possible. So that wasn't a shock. What was nice to see from Tampa Bay's standpoint on the offensive side of the ball, it is, I heard you guys saying this earlier, it was nice to see Gronk and Tom kind of get back on the same page for Gronk to look like maybe his legs are coming back a little bit to the point where now he doesn't look you know, as depleted as he looked in the first couple of weeks of the season. And I think they're about to hit their stride a little as long as they can keep away from the injury bug and, and anything else that's going on as far as people getting sick or anything like that. But I think they're about to hit their stride. So look out that the NFC South is about to become very, very interesting. Lewis, let's go to the Browns-Steelers game very quickly. A blowout by the Steelers in this one. Obviously, their pass rush defense is incredible. Held Nick Chubbs only mm-hmm. 40 yards. But, like, we always come out of this stuff talking about whenever the Browns lose and Baker doesn't look well, he's not the guy. Like, are we are, uh, we, are we being overly hyped about it, or is Baker still the answer? What, what are your thoughts? No, you know what? But, I mean, Jay, well, I mean, it's, it's deserved only because of where the, the man was drafted number one overall. So, you know, and, and they were actually looking – well, I, I still think they're going to have a good season. But he, I mean, the Browns were – people were thinking, all right, this is the year. This, you know, Kareem Hunt was talking about how – you know, this one was for Miles, all this stuff. And I've been a part of that rally, I mean, of that rivalry. I played in that game multiple times. And, look, I, I know how heated it is and how emotional it gets, but the fact of the matter is this, and this happened to me a lot too when I was in that rivalry. 
Pittsburgh don't play around, man. When it comes to that game in particular, they usually turn it up a notch. And for Baker in Cleveland, they're going to need to realize what it means to turn it up a notch in that rivalry and overall so people stop talking about their talent and start talking about the Ws that they put up. Otherwise, in those big games like that, you're going to see it happen over and over again. Because like it or not, people like playing the Browns, man. They like playing that football team because they just feel like that football team, for some reason or another, gets a lot of hype, a lot of press, and their players talk a lot. And and we know, you know, that just that just gives professionals another reason to say, hey, you know what, I'm going to turn it up a little bit today against these guys. And that's what you saw yesterday. Pittsburgh turned it up on them. It'll be a great one tonight. We'll see what happens as the rest of the football world has their eyes upon the state of Texas as the Cowboys need to move on without Dak Prescott. We'll see how it goes. Andy Dalton in the hot seat tonight, signed a $3 million contract, 7 mil with incentives. And if he can lead him to a division title, it'll be money well spent. You can worry about paying Dak later. That's a small price to pay financially for what could be big upside for the Cowboys. If Dalton can come through Lou, we'll see you tonight with Steve and Brian and Lisa. Thank you very much. You bet. Take care. All right, but, that's Lou Riddick. The Monday Night Football Preview is brought to you by Progressive's Home Insurance. Progressive celebrating eight years of donating cars to veterans in need. Learn more at keystoprogress.com. This, you know, if you're Andy Dalton, obviously it's, it's a big task, but you're like, all right, look, let's look at the NFC East. It's, we still win the NFC East with this talent. Yeah. No doubt. Two things. Red Sour Patch Kids, by far the best. Still the come. <laughs> you ready to give up on Sam Darnold? It's a cautionary tale from an old quarterback in Sam's division that might say, Hold on, hold on. Sam might be worth saving. That is next on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two. Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C, ebikes.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. And before we let you go, Jim Kelly, Hall of Famer, joined us at 10 after 9 this morning. If you missed that interview, he was waxing poetic on what he thinks Josh Allen can be. You could look for it on the Key Jay-Z podcast, which will be coming your way as soon as the show's over. They tend to drop hour by hour, so give it just a little bit if you're a Bills fan. Bills Mafia 
As Jim referenced, you can get his thoughts on Josh Allen and he's, as he prepares for Monday Night Football tonight. That's on our podcast. Get it anywhere you get podcasts. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin brought to you by Sport Clips. Remember, being at Sport Clips, waiting for that great MVP haircut experience. How about making that wait time even shorter? Now with on-deck text alerts, get a 15-minute heads up when it's time to head in. And another text alert when you're next in line. Sport Clips, it's good to be a guy. Right now, it is good to be Ryan Tannehill. For all of those people that are ready to give up on Sam Darnold, Key is not among them. Key said from day one, you got to give this guy weapons. Otherwise, nobody can look good. But if you're sick and tired of Sam Darnold, sick and tired of the Jets, the only winless team in football, our Dan Orlovsky this morning on our program essentially said, the 12-year NFL quarterback, it's a cautionary tale for Darnold. Be patient, because there's a guy that used to be a quarterback in the AFC East that people couldn't wait to run out of town, and now that dude is flourishing. Everyone's looking at him through the lens of the Miami Dolphins, and he's no longer that player. Ever since he came over to Tennessee, we have to look at him as what he is. He's a top 10 quarterback. He is Andy Pettit, and Derrick Henry is Mariano Rivera. Like Everybody knows, at the end of the day, how we judge quarterbacks. What do you do on third down? What do you do in the fourth quarter? What do you do when the game is on the line in passing situations? He's top 10 in everything. He might be top five in fourth quarter performance, in red zone performance, and in third down performance. He's a top six or seven quarterback. That's who Ryan Tannehill is. Speaking of Tannehill, as Dan just said there, it's pretty apt comparison. I don't think there's that's too off base or anything. No, but here's the, here's how I look at the quarterback position. When they draft guys high in, in, in the first round, mm-hmm. the first thing they want to do is have them throw the ball all over the lot. Mm-hmm. No, you don't have to necessarily draft a quarterback high because he's throwing the ball all over the lot. You want him to be able to do some of the things that Dan talked about right there, which is third down efficiency, lead your team into the end zone, win football games. That's fine. That's what you want. But for whatever reason, man, when these people draft them, they think that all of a sudden it has to be pass happy because you took him high and people want to see him have 50 attempts a game. You can't do that. With Sam Darnold, put him around the right coach in the right system and allow that system and those players around him to lead the way. That's It's not it's not hard. Like I said before, it seems like the one common theme uh, has been Adam Gase. I mean, he's been one common theme. He was with Ryan Tannehill down in Miami, and now he's with Sam Darnold, and we're experiencing the same thing. Ryan Tannehill is flourishing right now, and it reminds me of this tooth extraction I need to go get when we're done with this whole thing. I, it, it's, painful. it's a painful experience to watch. And every Sunday when I watch a Jet game, I'm just, I sit there and I shake my head in misery, understanding that the next day I'm just going to hear people talk about it, and there's nothing we can do. Think about it, Zubin, when they take quarterbacks high. The first thing that they start trying to do is throw the ball everywhere instead of just – Take it easy. Put him in a system, in a situation where he can thrive and be successful. Not put all this weight on his shoulders. The Jets will draft Trevor Lawrence next year, and then seven years from now, they'll be looking at, uh, what's the, what's the Manning? Manning? Arch Manning. They'll be talking about <laughs> Arch Manning's the guy Trevor Lawrence can't play because they'll try to throw the ball every single down. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. We'll make sure if Jay Will ends up on the key Jay-Z injured list retroactive to today with the tooth extract. Good I don't know what to expect extraction. here. I'm nervous. I really don't. I mean, I had a root canal. It was bad. And now I'm going up for the tooth extraction today. Key, any you'll words of advice? No, you'll be fine. Yeah, okay. It's a polarized country. We can all agree the dentist is one of the scariest trips you can always make, no matter what side of the aisle you're on. Key, to Ryan Tannehill's point real quick. 
you should mention he was a college wide receiver. So patience for Darnold is one thing key, but patience for somebody like Tannehill, understanding he was taken in the top 10, I believe eighth overall by Miami. But this is a guy who by trade was a wide receiver. So in some respects, to Dan's point, I'm not surprised it's taken a little extra, maybe taken a second team for him to figure it out. But that's just another example of why patience is a virtue. We no longer have in society, but sometimes you need to have in the NFL, even though it does stand for not for long. It's hard to do it. Well, what happened with him, was he left Texas A&M. We played receiver early on, then he became the quarterback because right. he's pretty athletic. And then when Miami drafted him, they hired his former uh, college head coach as the offensive coordinator thinking they're going to mesh that together, throw the ball all over the place. So then he leaves there, goes and backs up Mariota in Tennessee, then takes over. But Vrabel has a philosophy and a style. We're going to run the damn football. <laughs> We're going to play hard defense, 11 hats to the ball at all times. And that's how we're going to win games. And then when I need you to make a throw, I'm expecting you to make that throw. Not we're starting with you throwing the ball everywhere, and then if we can play defense, we play defense. But we're going to score 50 points throwing. That's not the philosophy. And by the, way, and by the way, the person who's running the ball is like a superhuman being. Right. He's I mean, really it, big. It, it's Derrick Henry just punishing people, and that's a hell of a play action he's option that you can really have. really big, just in case you don't know. Oh and he's God. very scary when he's running towards you. Just ask some of those defensive backs that's trying to tackle him. Right. He's very big. Game-winning touchdown yesterday. They have a break. Clean up that mess, man. <laughs> we have 30 seconds to get it done. Any thoughts tomorrow on the show? We're going to have Rob Manfred, the Major League mm. Baseball Commissioner. He'll join us about 11 hours or so before first pitch of the World Series. The incredible, I mean, you want to talk about a poignant story with Jim Kelly earlier this morning. How about Alex Smith? That's huge. Will join us tomorrow as well as Maryland head coach Mike Loxley because the Big Ten is back on Friday. Good luck today with the Root Canal. Lord knows I need it. <laughs> and we will see you tomorrow. We'll see Key on Monday Night Countdown tonight with Zeke. Good night. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.